Oh my gosh, welcome back to another exciting episode of Bevelations. Cocktails and Conversations with Philly's Most Fabulous. It's Bev. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. I love that blouse on you. So we're here with another exciting episode. We have a fabulous guest this week. As always, I'm joined by Jeremiah. And this week we have your current reigning Philly's next drag superstar, Miss Ivana Blackout. Yes, we sit down for a fabulous, fun interview. Um, She's a delight. I've loved her since she started. Um, As always, if you enjoy the podcast or if you're just joining us for the first time, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that you'll be notified. We are doing our best to put out weekly content here during the quarantine. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to send a Venmo tip my way, please do so. We do this podcast for fun and for free. So if you enjoy it, you can find me on Venmo at It's Bev Bitch, like Brittany, but elderly. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy this new episode of Bevelations. Oh my gosh, we're here. We're, I always make up a number. We're at week 7,012 of quarantine. Hello, it's time for another exciting episode of Bevelations. Yay! Yay! As always, I'm joined by my trusty sidekick, the uh, Robin to my Batman, the Hoda to my Kathy Lee. Uh, what other side can I think of? Uh, the, uh, your your uh, scrappy Kelly to your Regis. Movie. Yes, the, exactly. It's Jeremiah. Hi, Jeremiah. How are you? Hi, I'm doing really well. Thank you. That's good. And this week we have we have royalty in the house tonight, kids. Okay. We have yes, she we do. is your current reigning Phillies next drag superstar, probably until the end of time, because God yeah. only knows when Drag Wars is coming up, as well as being your current reigning Miss Taboo. It's Ivana Blackout. Hello, hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Silent wish, applause. Just I wish we could release. I wish we could release the video of this because I'm in half drag. And you have like this like manly stubble going on, uh, sitting there looking all like all trade. Hi. I got to trim her up because I'm supposed to do a look tonight. Are you supposed to do a look tonight? Yeah. For what? um, So I'm like taking over the Taboo Instagram. Oh, that's right. I saw that. We're, We're catching you on a very busy, busy social media day. Right? I'm feeling it though. I mean, it's giving me- She's booked and blessed digitally. Yes. Yeah, but it's gonna be gone. She's, I mean, and this, the crazy thing is, this is only like four days. Yeah. Three or four yeah, days. Yeah, I don't get much. I, 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 grow, I grow facial hair like super slow. Oh no, I'm, I'm a hairy beast. Like this is yeah. also like three or four like, days. Jeremiah will have five o'clock shadow at 11 o'clock in the morning, so. <laughs> so how are you doing, my dear? We're catching you in between uh, your gigs. You're a, very, you're a bit, very busy lady. We had to, to, to catch you while you were available. Uh, doing good. Um, so, you know, with everything going on, you know, I, I'm a ballet teacher and choreographer. So now we've kind of transitioned our kids onto um, like Zoom ballet classes. Mm-hmm. So I'm teaching at home now, which has been an adjustment, but it's kind of good to see my kids and to get them, you know, get them back into the groove of when yeah. and kind of- How like, many, like how many students do you do at a time? Oh, goodness gracious. My class, well, Last week had 48 kids in it. Oh my God. How do you like oh. make corrections and all that kind it, of stuff? It is the di- most difficult thing ever because I have to like scroll, you know, hit that little arrow button to go through. Oh my God. Page to see who's doing what. So yeah. I'll like teach them a combination and then I'll like focus on the screen to try to, you know, flip through. 
while it's kind of giving like general corrections for them so that everybody kind of has something to work on. Right. Um, it's definitely a challenge because, you know, in, in my profession, it's so physical and right. a lot of it is like you putting them in the right positions and right, yeah. personal with, you know, working them into the, the, the correct steps. So this oh is God. definitely a new, it's a new transition for all of us for sure. Yeah. Um, we had we had Sutton Fierce on a few weeks ago and she's a school teacher, but she teaches theater. Mm -hmm. And she's like, how the fuck am I supposed to like direct kids in a musical over Zoom? She's right. like, she was just like, yeah, just go watch Into the Woods. <laughs> today, <laughs> here's the link. Just go watch fucking Hello Dolly. That, that's, your, that's your theater lesson for today. Because how certain things lend themselves more to Zoom. I can't imagine you trying to do like choreography and dance corrections and all that kind of oh, stuff. Oh yeah, it's, it's crazy. And then most of them like, you know, they have animals, they have pets. So like one girl, her dog just kept jumping like on her while she was trying to do Oh, yeah, because <laughs> of the movement oh, and stuff. Like, Megan, yeah, Megan, you're out of frame. Megan, you're out of frame. I can't see your <laughs> right? toe. <laughs> right? Oh my God, I can't imagine. So let's start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. Where are you from? I am from Maryland. Um, I grew up in Towson, Maryland. And, yes, come um, on, Maryland. I know. She's my old stomping grounds. She's a, Mar she's a Maryland girl. Maryland uh, girl. And um, uh, I got started in the arts for my parents because they both were like, they, they painted and they did uh, clay sculpting, um, just mostly as hobbies. So they kind of got all their kids into doing that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was very into uh, visual arts uh, as a teenager going through school. And um, I went to the Baltimore School for the Arts for visual arts. Um, wow. uh, and it, it was, it's definitely an interesting experience because it's crazy to say, but like arts high school kind of changed me because uh, I just flipped script in terms of how I thought uh, I wanted my life to turn out. Because before I went to high school, um, I was very focused on like, I want to be a lawyer. I want to, you know, do that kind of thing. And arts high school is like, oh my gosh, there's so many other things that I can do right. um, that, would, that would make me happier than doing something that I feel that I'm supposed to do growing up. And so uh, going through visual arts, I changed my major within my first year into dancing. Cause like, you know, if you're in good academic standing, they allow you to do that mm -hmm. uh, early on. So you can kind of figure out, you know, like kind of testing the waters of different things if that's what you decide to do. Um, so that's kind of where I started dancing a little bit and I decided I wanted to take it a little more serious and was like, all right, I got to find a school that can suit my needs. So, um, and I knew that, you know, when you hit a plateau and you kind of were like, all right, this is great for what it is, but I feel like I need something that's more, more. challenging. Yeah. That's kind of where I was. And so uh, that brought me to Philly, uh, which is actually interesting because the institution I'm working with now is where I went to school. And, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it's kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm the first person that ever, well, well, for a long period of time that has, you know, gone through the school and also is now, you know, working there. I've been there for uh, almost 10 and a half years now. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, and I was a student there for four and I got a late start. I always forget that you're, I, I always think you're younger than you actually are. No, she, she's in her 30s. She's, she's an old, 30s. she's an old lady just like that. <laughs> Well, yes. well, welcome, welcome to the porch. <laughs> here's, here's your Metamucil. We'll get you a rocker. As I'm sipping my fucking peppermint tea, know, like right? <laughs> I'm drinking, I'm drinking an iced tea as well. Yeah, so we'll, get, like, you, we'll get you a Metamucil and a and a and a hernia donut. Welcome. 
yeah, so like I, you know, I danced professionally for a little while and I, I mean, I love what I do for a living. And so, you know, just making this story a little like less long, but I kind of, as I got older, wanted something else that would fulfill my creativity. Right. Because I've been teaching and, you know, choreographing and doing the dance thing for a while that once that with that part of my day was over, I found myself figuring out like, what else do I want to do? Because I didn't want that to that one thing to just consume me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being in this city for so long, I started discovering myself as I was going out and going to the club scene. And, you know, you, you meet people, you meet, you meet drag queens, you meet bartenders, bar, but people that work in the industry. And you start to, I started to gain um, an appreciation for those people, especially the performers. And that put the question in my mind of like, oh, could I do that? Or right. would I want to be a performer again? Because obviously I don't dance myself anymore. Um, right. my, my actual physical dancing career is over. But what else can I do to sort of... Was that a choice or was that like because of like an injury or like... It was, it was a bit of both. Um, I, so I suffer from like some, some terrible knee issues. Um, mm -hmm. I have patella tendonitis in both of my knees. Oh, okay. um, I also have... Um, I'm, I'm hypermobile or hyperextended in my legs as well. So that mm -hmm. also created issues. Because ballet is just so unnatural with what it causes, right. asks for your body to do, but mm -hmm. also having these other, you know, physical traits that might work against you with the ballet kind of work. It just makes your body fall apart a little bit faster. Right. And I also started, I started dancing at 15. I started late in the game. Oh, wow. It, it, it is typical for boys to start later, but I was like way, way, way behind. Right. So it was like cramming in all of these years of training into this short period of time. Um, and so I, I, I had a really bad knee injury and the doctor basically kind of gave me like the, do you want to be able to um, run regular days and, you know, be, be very active and do that kind of thing? Or do you want to push yourself to dance as long as you can? And then later down the line, when you're older, you know, have to maybe get knee surgery or have right. to do something more extensive. And so I made the conscious decision for myself to be like, all right, it's smarter for me one, financially, and two, just in terms of keeping my, my physical health, to, to stop dancing now while I'm still young and learn a different trade within the dance world that right. can carry me on for a longer period of time. Because, you know, ballet dancers or dancers in general don't have long careers because right. it's just so physical. And no, I mean, that, with the exception of those gifted few, <laughs> um, no one can really carry that career on for so long actually dancing themselves. So I said, all right, let me transition into teaching and choreographing. Um, it's still keeping me in the dance world and still keeping me involved. It's still keeping me happy and um, creative in, in, in that aspect of things. Um, so it was, it was definitely a, a choice and also it was because of, you know, an injury that I was dealing with at the time. But I think it was definitely the best, the best thing that I could have done for myself moving forward. Uh, I don't even know if I, if I would have started drag had I not done that. I think. Yeah, you started, I didn't mean to sidetrack you because I feel like you were going down that, that avenue. Oh yeah, no worry. Yeah. So you started going out, you started seeing drag queens. Yeah, I started going out um, and I would just go to shows like by myself sometimes, even if there wasn't a lot of people in the crowd. And I would just watch because, you know, it, it, there's so many elements to drag uh, mm -hmm. and that I find to be just so fascinating. And I was starting, I started mm -hmm. up connecting with the dance part of it because that was such a big part of me. 
And I was like, you know, what would it feel like for me to get on that stage and to try doing something like that? And I was like, I kept telling myself, you know, you say to yourself, I can do that, I can do that. But then like, it comes the time to actually gear up and do that shit. And I was like, oh my God, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I'm just, I don't want to be in front of people. I don't know how to do makeup. I don't know how to do any of that stuff. And I think, um, you know, me having to take that moment and knowing people, I was having the benefit of having people that were like, all right, listen, just go out and drag one night. You don't have to perform. Mm -hmm. Get comfortable just walking around, being in the space. We're right. going to be in drag too. Hang out with us and see how you feel. Because for a while I was kind of like, oh, I don't really want to do it. I'm just nervous. I don't want to um, look like that queen that doesn't know what she's doing. You know, because everybody who wants to present themselves in drag for the first time. Don't talk about Jeremiah like that. He's sitting right there. <laughs> oh, I went through some old photos last night and I was like, ooh, well, we've got some, we got a ways to go. <laughs> yeah, you know, because you want yourself to be like that eight. Yeah. A queen, when you walk out that first time, like, oh, she looked good. She or just or just spend three to four years as everyone's ugly sister, like I did when, <laughs> I, when I started drag, and I'm still there, so it's fine. Oh hush, no, but literally, it was like, I, I, and I would go to shows not just to enjoy, but to also learn, because I I was like, all right, what what can you learn from watching this performer and that performer that you can incorporate things that you might like or might not like, and it was kind of a learning process for me until I got that courage to be like, all right, I'm ready to compete in an amateur competition kind of thing. Right. And, you know, that's where, that's where it kind of started with me, like jumping into uh, the amateur uh, drag competition at Latage. You know, I was going to say, was that's like, where I first saw you. And yeah, I was yeah, going to say, like, I was going to, I, 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 I remembered that. I didn't know. Was that your first time, like actually oh, performing my, in drag in Philly? My first time was at, um, at the time, you know, Drag Arena. That was my oh, first okay. time. And, uh, you know, my friends were there. It was all supportive. It was all fun. I had a great time. And I was like, all right, maybe if I just keep doing this and kind of just like, you know, get over that fear of being so overly like thoughtful of what people are thinking of me and how my performance is and just get out there and gain some experience that maybe it'll turn for the better. But yeah. like after that first time I did the Latage amateur competition, I was like, I am never doing this again. I could not get out of my reveal. It was, that was the day that well, I did Kill Bill number. I was going to say, is that when you and did Kill like, Bill? Oh I don't God. remember, I don't remember you getting, I don't remember you fucking anything up. I remember you feeling like, like your body language being pissed that you didn't win. I was like, I don't know who this girl is, it, but like, it, it was, this is your first time. <laughs> calm down, calm down, Linda. <laughs> you can come back. It was a combination of so many things that I was so upset because like I was also learning to sew at the same time. Oh, and so okay. I was learning how to do a bunch of things. I was just throwing so many things at myself. And I was like, I made this costume and I didn't get out of it the way that I wanted to and that I practiced. And I was like, so I was like kind of like feeling too overly hype about right. like what my thoughts were going on through my mind. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this again. I'm, I'm stopping. But then I was like, you know what, bitch, no. I was like, that, that's, not, that's not the way we teach our, our kids to, to move through. Like, right, just because yeah. something didn't work out, you know, stop doing it. So I was it's like- It's an art form, you have doing, to practice. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, thankfully it, it's, you know, it paid off because, you know, I was able to get that confidence of just performing regularly, getting myself out there, and then, you know, just kind of working on where I am to sort of right. kind of get me where I am now. And I don't do, like, these competitions, I do them as a personal challenge, honestly, because I find it to be a, a, a creative venture for me moving forward 
of how I can learn a different thing about myself or about mm-hmm. how I can be, you know, a, a, I've on a blackout essentially. Right. Um, well, I mean, yeah. competitions, there's always the age old talk like, oh, comp- you shouldn't have to do a competition to do drag or competitions are ruining the scene or blah, 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 blah. It's like competitions have been around forever. Yeah. Drag Absolutely. pageants have been around as long as drag has been around. The, the, yeah. the, the documentary The Queen is from the late, the early 60s or late 60s or something. And I mean, that's a competition. Like if you're a new person, you can't just walk in the door and be like, hello, I'd, you don't know me, but I'd like a hundred dollars, please. Like <laughs> you have to, you have to like prove yourself and yeah. you prove yourself nine times out of 10 through competitions. Like that people don't, I get it. Like you, there, that shouldn't be the only thing that you do, but you have to do something at some point to prove yourself. Yeah, to yourself no, and to other people, the people that are giving you the opportunities. And it's also a way to, for, for, I mean, if you, if you go into it with the right mindset, it's a way for you to just kind of work on making yourself a better, whatever you want that to be, you know, right. <clears throat> just, you know, with the challenges that are presented to you, even if, you know, it may not be something that makes that individual comfortable, but at, at the end of the day, a, a lot of lessons can be learned from the things that make us uncomfortable. Right. And that's what I was learning about myself too, is just being like, you know, stop trying to be this, this perfect version of yourself, like get over that shit and just like challenge yourself to do things that you wouldn't normally do. Like that day you read me on the runway doing drag wars, it was like the, the curves and swerves or whatever. And you were like, you look pretty, but meh. it was like, I was like, oh, I know, I know. I was like, fuck. I, I don't. Like, I don't remember that because, <laughs> spoiler alert, I drink during Drag Wars. <laughs> no, but I, 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 but that was like so helpful to me because I was like, all right, bitch, like, listen, like, stop trying to just do the same shit or whatever, like, challenge yourself to do something different or out of the box that you wouldn't do. I will say that, like, and I think Jeremiah might agree because we, we both saw, saw you, I think, the first time. At the same time, you, even for, like, you might have thought you were a mess that night, but, like... I've judged a lot of am- I've judged and hosted a lot of amateur competitions. You seemed very put together for a quote unquote amateur and which is fantastic. Like I didn't know that you sewed until you just said so. I didn't know that you had sewed that costume. Like good for you for from the very beginning being like I'm going to make my own shit versus being like oh let me find a yellow tracksuit on Amazon and yeah. and make it work and you that's you kind of i don't remember making that comment but i do think that you have you set your bar so high for yourself right off the bat that like when you when you didn't rise to like the level that we knew you were capable of it was like oh okay i mean you look fine but like we've yeah, seen yeah. we've seen you do better we know you can do better yeah, yeah. i think oh, sorry, i think out the uh, yeah i think out the gate you were probably one of the most polished new queens that I've seen. And I've been around drag for 12 years doing it for, I guess, technically on and off. Thanks, COVID. Right? So, like, <laughs> I've, I've seen a lot of queens in a lot of He's different... He's carried a like, lot of suitcases, okay? Bitch, a lot of suitcases, a lot of wigs, uh, a lot of emotional baggage. Um, <laughs> there you go. But I'm bummed. But yeah, like, every... Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, I, I, I just remember, oh, this is... She's gonna be somebody. That that's yeah. that that's what I remember seeing you that first night. I was like, oh, she she didn't win tonight, but she's gonna win the next time she comes here. And 
if I remember correctly, you did. And then I uh, think... Yeah, I think... Because okay. I think that was your... Um, was that your Whitney Queen of the Night number? Yes, that, that was yeah. for that one. Okay. And then I remember the, the Kill Bill number, and then I, I think... I don't normally do drag arena. I don't even remember if it was drag arena or drag arama because I don't normally go out on Monday nights because of my work schedule. But you did the Asia O'Hara um, butterfly <laughs> making fun of Mike, making fun of Asia O'Hara killing the butterflies, and oh, I was like, "Oh, yeah. this bitch. Okay, okay. So this bitch is funny and uh, can dance." I'm like, "Oh, okay, okay." I always forget about that, but that yeah, that was um, oh my gosh, that was so long ago. It was like Mariah Carey butterfly, right? And then you just get yeah. like dropping butterflies on the ground and stomping on them. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Good that time. was fun. That was a fun time for sure. So talk to us about your Drag Wars experience, all 12 months of it. That that. <laughs> <laughs> it Honestly, okay. So I remember um, I, I had been watching the previous cycles, just, you know, as a, just a normal patron of the club going out and just seeing everything and, I would, at that point hadn't really done, I hadn't done drag at all. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what, this is like, this seems like something I might would want to do if I was at that stage of drag to be like, let me challenge myself. Because at the time when I started watching it, it was like weekly. So, right. and oh, I was yeah. like, like, ooh, the challenge, honey, the challenge. For well, we, yeah, <laughs> up until I think, up until like the, the season, I think that, um, I don't even remember. I think I think you might have been the first regular season that was monthly because she did All Stars before you mm -hmm. when Jenny mm -hmm. Henny won as a monthly, and then like she liked that. But every other cycle it was every single week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, God bless those girls because I yeah. th things would have been so different. I think, but yeah, my my. That's why I like you weren't on my team. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you. But like oh, when these bitches are like, I don't have time to do this. I'm like, you've had a month. <laughs> There were times back during my cycle, it was when Drag uh, Dollhouse was still going on. So sometimes she would switch the nights. So oh. we would have like Drag Wars on Thursday, but then it needed to be Tuesday the following week because there was something going on at Boyer on Thursday or like, we were like, oh, okay. So we have four days. We have four yeah. to five days yeah, to do no, it. Awesome. No, ma'am. Yeah. Absolutely not. I like, uh, I, I remember, um, having the conversation about whether I wanted to do it or not to myself. And I was like, this is back when I was doing uh, Diva Royale. And I was like, I feel like I kind of want to do it because it would just be a cha challenge for me. First of all, I would come out of it, hopefully with enough outfits to use me use for whatever I wanted. And as I do, it also would be an experience for me to get on that voyeur stage because I'd never performed at voyeur. And so I'm thinking to myself, how would I get the opportunity to perform in a crowd like that? Because to right. be honest with you, it, it's, it's pretty much a good crowd. So I was like, all right, I need to get my name out there. What are the ways that I can get my name out there outside of um, performing at Dragorama, uh, right. which is great, but you know, it's, it, they're different crowds, you know? Yeah. So I was like, all right. It's I a much, it's a, it's a different size room in general. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I was thinking that what can I do? What other ways can I do to get myself and people to know who, you know, start to know who I am. So I was like, all right, let me try to do the, let me try to apply for drag wars. I think, you know, I've heard at this point, people's experiences with it. Some people didn't like it. Some people did, but I think it's different to each person. And it depends on, you know, how you go into it with your own personal mentality of what you want to get out of it. Right. Because to, to go into something expecting a lot, I think is a lot. 
So I went into it kind of just saying to myself, all right, I know that there are going to be a lot of challenges. I know that I'm probably going to be spending my own money to make my own costumes or, you know, borrowing from friends and stuff, whatever. But I, but I also, out of it, could gain um, a lot more experience for Ivana doing different things that I normally wouldn't even think of performing. Like challenging me to do something uh, comedy-wise or whatever, or turning, turning a look that I probably wouldn't have chosen, I thought to be a good challenge for me. Because it's like, all right, you wouldn't have probably done this had you just been on your own. So now you have someone saying, all right, we're doing... Um, it's a kid's bop, you know, themed, uh, you know, performance number or something. Would I do that normally? No. no. But with the competition, I was able to force myself to, I would be able to force myself to do something like that. So what do you I think had, was like the, the biggest challenge that was not Ivana that you tackled during the whole competition? I would probably say... Um, it, it, there was the, um, the, was it the 80s week or month um, where we had the, the, not the Cabbage Patch Kids, but the... Garbage Pail? Yes, the Garbage Pail. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that one. Because I was just, you know, I, I didn't, it didn't really settle with me. <laughs> and so I was just like, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Yeah. And so going into it that whole entire few weeks, like leading up to that day, I was like, I just wasn't feeling it. And I wasn't like, like giving a hundred percent. I will admit that because I was kind of, you know, not really knowing what and how to execute the look that I would, was, was that I chose. So I got the sun, sunburnt girl, whatever, I forget what her name was, ultraviolet. And so I was like, how am I, how am I going to turn this? I was like, could I make an orange bodysuit or something? I was like, but I'm black and my face paint is gonna be brown and there's no time to change makeup in between runway and performance, which could make a difference. But I was like, I, not to say that I, you know, and making excuses, I'm just saying that was a moment that I was like, oh my God. I was like, oh, what am I gonna do? I was so down on myself. I think that was the time that you, you read me. Cause I came out with a blue bodysuit it wasn't curves and swerves. I came with a blue bodysuit and a hat and just sprayed <laughs> like hairspray on my body as if it was like um, sunscreen. And then I walked back up and I was like, bye. And you, you were could, like, you, you could like, tell me, you could tell me you'd be like, that was the time I came out and I took a dump on the stage. I'd be like, oh, okay. I don't remember. <laughs> I do. And I, I was like, shit. I was like, Justin, get it the fuck together. Like, get it together. Yeah. That was definitely not a highlight. I don't remember. I only, the only, the only garbage pale kid ones I remember was denial had like intestines or something mm -hmm. like wrapped around himself. And Fiarla was like the booger girl that had like giant like snot hanging out of her nose. That's oh yeah, that was good. It was like a snot sandwich or something yeah, too. Like, uh, God bless. Uh, <laughs> and you yeah. used that and you've used that outfit so many times, right? Afterwards. Which I actually have been forcing myself to use some of those Drag Wars costumes because I was like, girl, I didn't make make take the time to make these outfits and never wear them again. Yeah, uh, I had to pick up a um, dress from Anita Manhattan a few months ago, back when we could still like physically interact with each other. 
And um, she had like so much shit in her in her drag room in her basement. She's like, yeah, that's another costume I fucking made for Drag Wars that I'll never do, do again. I'm like, well, you're a lunatic who decided to make a giant snake head and then encrust it in rhinestones. Right. <laughs> it's not my fault that you're a fucking type A burlesque lunatic who needs to make everything sub like uh, sus sustained through a uh, a nuclear bomb. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> And so you, spoiler alert, you won the season. Yeah, ah! you know funny though, like like that. that it was night. you. It was you and Poochie, right? It was me and Poochie, and uh, we were the top two. But I like going into that night. I was like, I don't know. I was not in the best mood going forward because I just like I woke up that day and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the day. You know, everything's prepared. I had packed everything up the night before. I was like ready. I was like, let me get, let me get everything set up. And I get there. And for some reason, I just get this feeling of just like, I just started felt down. And not because I like didn't want to be there, but just because I just, I don't know. I just was in a mood that day. And like, I kind of saw, I, I got a little nervous because I was like, cause you know, there's the audience votes make, make a big difference. Right. And I saw the, and heard the love that was there for Poochie in the audience. And that shit made me so nervous. And I was like, oh my God, I have a few friends here, but I was like, how many of the people that are out there are gonna vote for me? I was like, how many of them are going to, you know, if I make it to that top, how, how is this gonna play out? And so in right. my mind, I was like, you know, throwing everything which away, you know, going back and forth. And it wasn't until after I finished my, like uh, the, the comedy segment with the spoken word or whatever, mm -hmm. that I was like, all right, bitch, you made it this far. You have an option of like going all the way the fuck in and just like relaxing and letting, letting it go or just self-defeating and saying to yourself, you're not gonna push forward. But I was also like, I spent so much money on these costumes and fabric and stuff and I am not gonna get, and that, the gown I made myself that night you know, I was like, you know what? I am just gonna go all in, forced in. And I kind of knew what the lip sync lineup was gonna be like from what I thought in my own mind. Cause I was like, watch, watch me and Fiarla do the Tina Marie uh, Square Biz song. Uh, Cause it's, it's very lyrically based. And I was like, watch, watch me and Fiarla have to go against each other. And we did, which was great. I had a great, a really, really great time. It's a, you know, it's a song that came to grow on me. But getting in that top two and singing that Patti LaBelle, you know, over the rainbow, I was like, girl, first of all, she's making up her own lyrics. But you know what? It, it's okay. <laughs> I was like, just have fun with it. And, you know, thankfully, you know, it all turned out, you know, the way that it turned out. I'm Yay. surprised, but, you know, happy. All right. Well, I want to talk about uh, the Taboo pageant, but we're going to take a quick break because uh, she got corporate sponsorship now. So she has to do a commercial. And we'll oh. be right back. Oh, hello, you. Do you love wine as much as I do? Of course you do. Well, not only is Bev a gorgeous, amazing, hilarious drag queen, it's also a delicious line of wines. Bev Wines is a California-based wine company focused on female empowerment in business and beyond. From their female winemaker to their female CEO and founder, Bev is a brand that fully embodies this mantra. They ship their wine nationwide, which is especially convenient during the COVID shutdown. No need to cross state lines. 
or wait outside of a Jersey liquor store like I may or may not have done a few times. Go to drinkbev.com and use promo code BEVLOVESBEV for a 20% discount on all products. All online profits during the nationwide restaurant closure will be donated to the Restaurant Workers Community Foundation. Look out for LGBTQIA initiatives on their social media coming up in June, just in time for Pride Month. You can follow them on Instagram at their official account, DrinkBev. Again, go to DrinkBev.com and use code BEVLOVESBEV for a 20% discount and have a drink on me, honey. And we're back. Yay. Woo. During the break, we almost fired Jeremiah. I know, dude. Because I have a mouth on me. <laughs> <laughs> not, not that you know during this podcast because he says about three words every 45 minutes but that's fine so so anyways Ivana so you're also our current reigning Miss Taboo has it been yes. everything you'd hoped it would be and more honestly I really didn't know what, <laughs> what to expect to me I'm not gonna lie um I just saw an opportunity to like uh to to have something to work on and something to look forward to and a new challenge to present for myself. So I was like, all right, well, there, there is this. And to be honest with you, I had early on didn't really hear anything about it being like, you know, broadcast that it was, it was happening. So for a while I was kind of like, oh crap, like, is this still a thing? And, and I kind of caught onto it late. So I really only had like, you know, like 20 days to put together everything which is, you know, which is fine. I'm used to working very fast, but um, which I also enjoyed as well, because I was like, all right, if you're going to jump into this thing, then you are, you got to make sure you give yourself enough time to like prepare as best as you can. But you know, the solo stuff is great, but getting, getting people together and figuring out schedules and rehearsals for my group number was, that was always a challenge um, as I'm sure, you know, everybody knows, but like, to be honest with you, Drag War set me up for this competition. Right, I was gonna say, and, you were used to having a whole month, so 20 yeah, days. Yeah, and so I was like, all right, well, I gotta, I gotta do a presentation, I gotta do, um, you know, a, a performance, and then I gotta do a final look kind of thing. I was like, all right, okay, well, I'm kind of used to throwing out stuff like that now at this point, since I've had that practice from Drag Wars. So I was like, that's why I was like, all right, I can do this. I'm ready to do this. I had leftover fabric, some stuff I had to buy new. So it wasn't right. like a complete, I'm going into this like totally unprepared kind of thing. Um, and also I kind of felt the theme was really fun too, you know, based on, you know, movies, iconic movies and that, yeah. stuff, that kind of thing. So it kind of left so much room, creative, creative room for me to choose, you know, something that I thought that would be fun for me. Your talent was amazing. Oh, thank you. Tell everyone what you did. So um, the idea came through my mind. I was like, oh, how fun would it be to do like a bring it on number? Because for me, like bring it on, it's a a terrible movie, but it's an iconic movie. It's a a great, I don't think it's a terrible movie. I think it's a great movie. You're being a cheer tater, Torrance. Yeah, Yeah, I I remember. I mean, the 17 sequels that have come since are probably not that great, but the... But the first one's good. Yeah, I I remember my younger self, like, just, like, religiously watching that movie over and over and over and over. And so I was like, how fun would it be? I was like, all right, now I got to find some girls. And I found some some friends of mine to jump in with it. And, you know, thank God that, you know, they're able to do choreography and stuff. Because I was like, y'all do know that they're cheerleaders. And we're going to have to do some sort of moving around of some sort. 
So um, I, I made all of the costumes because I was like, all right, if I'm gonna have these people in it, like they're gonna have to be in certain looks and not everybody sews, but you know, all, right. all of my girls did. But I was like, all right, I, I'm just so much of a perfectionist that I was like, I'm just gonna make the costumes for everybody. How many costumes was that? Uh, four, including mine. Okay. It's just, it's just a little, you know, a top and a, a top and a skirt. So I had to do two clovers and then two, um, uh, two toros, which was fine. But like <laughs> the, the, the fact that they were like $85 on Amazon each, yeah. I was like, no, ma'am. <laughs> Four costumes for that price. No, yeah. don't, don't even try me. Um, but like we all kind of like chose, well, I chose most of the dialogue because I was like, these are parts that I want to be in it. But it's such a, it's a, one of those movies that has so many little catchphrases and, yeah. and dialogue that you want to throw in there. That'd be like doing Devil Wears Prada and only choosing one section. Right. And there's parts that people see when the, the second they see the costume, they're like, you have to do like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah 100%. Even though I read you for wearing ugly shoes. Yeah. <laughs> I keep struggling with an ingrown toenail. <laughs> I was like, I was trying so hard that night because I knew like I had this reputation of being a bitch and being this. So like I was being super positive with all of my critiques and like there was a scandal after the fact that we won't, we don't need to talk about. But like, I was like, I was positive. I gave everyone yeah. constructive criticism. I signed each of my sheets. I swear right. like, you're wonderful. I love you. Those shoes are fucking horrible. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> never absolutely. wear those shoes. Never hey, wear those shoes again. <laughs> I'm one of those people where I'm like, hey, say it how it is. I'm like you a know, boot with an evening gown. You know better than this. <laughs> I was like, oh, but she's so comfortable. I was like, maybe no one's gonna notice because I'm not going up on the platform because that's this was after the the area uh, this was after the moment <laughs> of the screens um yeah. being off limits. So yeah. we had to stay down. So I was like, all right, no one's going to notice that I'm wearing the same shoes the entire night. No I one's going to notice. I did. But I did. I, you and everybody else. Actually, Sakura, Sakura kept saying, if you don't change those fucking shoes. And I was like, girl, oh. I was like, my foot hurts. And she was like, just wear mine. I was like, no, 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 no. I'll yeah. be fine. No one will notice. Here we go. If, yeah, all we have to, if all we have to critique you on is your shoes, you're doing you're fine. I think I, I really like the, the growth that you had because you just, when we first started the podcast, you talked about how you were sewing your Kill Bill outfit and you're like, fuck this, I hate this, I just started sewing. And here you're just like, eh, I put together four costumes. It was no right. big deal. Like that whole, like, that's a huge change from like. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like, I think that's so awesome that you, you've really dove into these new skill sets and that they're really like paying off. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's 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 definitely not easy, but like I would I will say that like before I was I I wanted to do two things starting off. I was like, all right, get your like your basic face of what you want your drag face to be like. Kind of get that down. You can make little tweaks here and there. And then I was like, I want to learn how to sew only because I like creating like I like creating different looks and just being able to experiment and be like all right, or, be, or being like, I'll buy something that I can adjust for myself. Like I can buy something that's so much bigger than me or even smaller and be like, I'll just add a little fabric here. It, it kind of became an all around thing, not just for drag, but also for my like regular life as well to yeah. be able to be like, I can alter my own t-shirt if I want to, or you yeah. know, a bomber jacket if I want. Cool. And you have been turning out those quarantine looks like that it look that you made was so cool. 
Wait, which one are you talking about? The where you were the, the clown from It? Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> that is an interesting story. Um, I was, you know, she had been having a few glasses of wine. <laughs> and I was I was just deathly bored. And I had I'm I was running out of makeup at the time. And so this was like people are like putting on live shows and doing other stuff. And I was like, uh. I was like, I'm, I'm, I don't want to get on live. I was like, or I don't want to paint and watch people, people sit and watch me paint. I was like, so I got, I got some black makeup left and I got a little bit of white left. I had no base foundation makeup left. So I was like, what can I, what can I do with the makeup that I have? So I was like, all right, what if uh, Pennywise's face was black instead of white and blue instead of red? I was like, maybe I can fool around with something like that. And that, that's kind of honestly where that came, that came from. Because I was watching um, it too, because it had just come out on, on HBO. Right. So I was like, oh, this would be a kind of a, a fun little look to swing together. Also, shout out to your, your Zelda uh, outfit that you just recently made. I, I saw that. The what I, outfit? The Zelda outfit. Oh, Zelda. I like, I'm trying to like figure out like, now here's the thing, I'm making all these outfits, but in the hopes of some, someday being able to use them. You'll like, use them. Yeah, I mean. I, you and Iris, I feel like, are gonna come out of quarantine with like 72 new outfits. So <laughs> like, okay. I'm just, gonna, be funny I'm just like, gonna come out of quarantine with a larger waistline, so good for me. <laughs> Same. How many outfits do you think you've made in quarantine? Oh, uh, I wanna say five solid outfits. Um, I've not taken like uh, like myself with pictures of them, all of them yet, uh, just because if I don't want to get in full drag just to take a picture of one outfit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, some of the outfits I just made to make, and then you know I set them aside to be like, oh, one of these days I'll throw it on and be like, oh, let me take some photos, or that'll be something I'll use for a different number or whatever. But it was also one of those things where I was running out of stuff to do at home and I had all this extra fabric just sitting in bins that I was like, I should just use that extra fabric up because you know, I'm not gonna go out buying new fabric at that point. Right. Oh, the fabric store was closed at that point, so I, I couldn't. It was all like, right, so oh. let's, let's just cause I don't, want, I don't want this to be like super crazy long. We do have a couple listener questions I want us to get to. Um, I have three, Jeremiah, you, you posted your own. How many do you have? Uh, I have one. One. Okay, cool. So, um, Ivana, this one's for you specifically from deep friend of the podcast, Drag King Cesario says for Ivana, what do you love the most about being a dance teacher? Oh, okay. Um, I think what I love the most about being a dance teacher is uh, being able to have such an impact on a person's life even like inside of the art form and also outside of the, the art form, because the kind of dance that I teach like ballet is just so, it's so strict and it's so, you know, this is the way that it has to be kind of thing. Um, but my teaching style kind of revolves around just people um, my, telling my students that this is the way that it has to be, but there are also other ways that you can do things to kind of broaden their, their horizons on, on the art form itself. So I think my like favorite thing about teaching would probably be that just having that 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 little impact on being able to expand their thought process on how something might work and that there are more than one way to uh, to, to to execute something or to do something. Nice. 
And as a wise prophet once said, I believe the children are our future. <laughs> and let them lead the way. Jatemish, what's your, what's your listener question? Uh, my listener question is from somebody who re- wished to remain anonymous. So I'm not going to say her name, but I am going to say that she's heavily involved in the drag community and may help stage manage shows like Diva Royale, formerly of Drag Wars. Okay, so, so you're just going to give away her entire identity. <laughs> Hi, Carly. <laughs> I was like, it's either Jen Wittick or Carly. Go ahead. Shout <laughs> out con- to both of them. They're the same. <laughs> I will neither confirm nor deny. All right. Uh, so, quote, I know drama slash rivalry is normal in drag, but why do you think it gets to such severity in Philadelphia? End quote. Question mark. Oh, um, I will say I don't, I think that we're, because we live in Philadelphia, so we see the Philadelphia drama the most, but I can tell you, it's in fucking every city's drag community. Like, oh, yeah. we're not, everyone else is not just out there dancing with rainbows and, like, skipping through meadows, and then we're just, like, tearing each other apart in Philadelphia. Yeah, no. I'm friends with enough New York City and Baltimore, D.C. Queens to know that it's in fucking every Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like uh, I try to stay out of any any sort of drama. Like, just, just I, yeah. I just can't. But, but at the end of the day, I don't know. I kind of feel like that it's a big community, but it's also so small that, like, you know anything anybody says could could be taken the wrong way even though it may not have been meant to be that way um i i don't know i think because everybody knows everybody there's a lot of word going around about everything right and i think that that could be a big cause of a lot of drama too you know like gossip gossip is real and gossip can create a lot of issues especially when it's it may be misinformed or misconstrued as something different yeah, I think that would that would be where I would go is that maybe something was said and it was heard out of context and then passed along and then that was reinterpreted by somebody else. So by the time it gets around to whoever, mm-hmm. it's a completely different message than maybe like it was a slight critique or uh, maybe somebody was drunk and said something stupid and then it was like, oh, now it's this, this person's hated you. They just talk, keep talking shit on you and you have fucking ugly shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. Y'all talk it out. Y'all figure it out. I think a lot of it also comes from the fact that, like, a lot of us, like, okay, we're all performers. So we like attention. We like the spotlight. There's only so much of it to go around. So, yeah, we're all inherently going to fight whether we do it physically, whether we do it verbally, whether we do it behind each other we're gonna fight for the same attention the same stage the same spotlight like we don't we don't put all of this shit on to just like sit on the couch and shrink into the corner like you put on all of this shit to get attention so if someone else is getting the attention that you want good or bad we're gonna do what we can to try to get it and a rivalry comes out of that and I'll say like on one last bit of the question is that I feel like some of it sometimes is just because people are bored and they just want to stir shit up. I'm not saying that's a lot of it. I feel oh, like yeah. they're like, oh, I'm just going to do this because I want to see what happens. And okay. I don't know. That definitely, that definitely happens. I mean, even before I was in the drag, the drag scene, like just the regular going out scene, there's like always somebody, you know, starting something for no reason. Like you couldn't have just kept that to yourself. Or right. if it was really that big of an issue, you could have said it to that person directly. Which is why I'm like, there, and I do, I will say that sometimes I do find myself having to catch myself on some of these Facebook posts and not say anything. 
But I'm always just like, listen, if you really feel some sort of way that you feel, then why not directly talk to that person? Mm -hmm. Because when you Mm -hmm. open that conversation for everybody to chime in, it kind of just escalates everything and no one's hearing, no one's listening, people are just blurting out things. Mm -hmm. And it kind of becomes kind of productive to what that individual may have wanted in terms of putting that post out or saying what they said. Um, but yeah, I mean, drama, drama's, you know, drama's everywhere. It's going to be everywhere. It's just the way we are. <laughs> so um, H. Hickmott sent two, one of them specifically for me, so I'll do it fast. And then the other one is a good one for us to end on. Uh, okay. The first question is, what is the process like for staging a full production like Drop Dead Gorgeous? Um, uh, it's a lot of time, it's time consuming kind of on the back end in terms of like, compiling the audio and getting the costumes together. I personally try to keep the rehearsals for that kind of stuff relatively minimal because everybody's so busy and everyone's, everybody doesn't want to come rehearse some shit for three weeks. Like I expect you to learn your shit ahead of time and um, come in knowing it some more so than others. Hey Sutton Fierce. And um <laughs> We've only done Hocus Pocus three times and she still doesn't know whole sections of it, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, and I'm you. Um, it's daunting. That's why I've like, I, I only do, a, I've only done it a couple times just because it is, it is such an undertaking. Shout out to um, Eric Jaffe and Lily St. Queer who have revolutionized theatrical drag productions in this community, they have a lot more patience when it comes to that in terms of wrangling fucking drag queens into a bag because I had a hard enough time getting six people to rehearse together. I can't imagine doing it with a cast of 30. Um, But we can take this opportunity to promote that. I actually did just speak with the um, management at Live Nation and Hocus Pocus will be, as, as knock on wood, will still be going forward this year, so. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Yes. Hopefully, I don't know in what capacity, it'll be in a smaller capacity audience wise, but yay. Um, And so thank you for that question. And then this is a good one for all three of us, for us to end on. Now my phone doesn't want to recognize me because it's homophobic and I'm in half drag. Okay. Um, If you didn't do drag, this is also from H. Hickmott. Thank you for your questions. If you didn't do drag, how would you spend your time? Isn't that a deep philosophical question? It is actually because a lot of the skills that I'm doing now and things that I'm doing now are related to drag, <laughs> um, which now makes me think like, oh shit, like what would I, what would I be doing? I mean, I can speak for me. Drag came, drag in Philly for me came out, and I've talked about this a bajillion times. Came out of necessity just because I moved here, having done theater as like my creative outlet. And when I moved to Philly from Baltimore, there wasn't a theatrical scene like I was used to. Mm-hmm. And like, it was a, it was much more difficult to do like community or regional theater than, than it was in Baltimore. It was like, here you either did like really experimental shit or you did like stuff at the Kimmel Center, like, or at the Wilma. And there was like no in between. And I did, I did a, a community theater production out in Haddonfield. And I was like, this is not it for me and Bev, kind of came out of that mm-hmm. so I mean I'd probably still be trying to do theater some type of creative outlet I I've always had that as my like hobby and then I had a day job that paid the bills drag just kind of took over as the hobby 
and then it became the second job so yeah i think i probably like now thinking about it i probably would have like because i was kind of doing this before i started the whole drag thing was going into like freelance choreography so that i can travel more and uh just just and also just kind of start my own separate uh, business outside of my my current full-time job that's the direction i was going before i started drag so i probably would have just continued with that to a certain capacity you know i had a website i had i had everything moving in the works but you know this this seemed like a better you know more efficient option for me to make so that probably would be what i would be doing how about you jatamesh i'd be holding someone's wig <laughs> i'm like you'd be playing video games <laughs> yeah video games are holding a wig one of the two <laughs> she'd be so that's a good note to end on. Um, Ivana, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Tell everyone where they can find you on social media. Uh, you can find me at Ivana, I-V-A-N-N-A underscore blackout at Instagram. Um, I try to post as much as possible, but then again, sometimes I get a little lazy with that. Um, I'm running the, I'm not sure. Uh, this will come out on Saturday, so yeah. it'll already be past but yeah um I, I'm, I'm gonna try to do some new posts within the next you know few days or a couple weeks or so just to you know keep myself challenged and to um challenge myself to make some new and interesting stuff so keep an eye out check it out ivana underscore blackout yes jatemish where can they find you uh side eye shade on everything but snapchat that's the j spoon if you need help with video editing or concepts i can oh you didn't that say now. that that's just for nudes that's what you normally say i was gonna only <laughs> only fans I, my only fans is going to be me eating food and taking off like a sock and people paying six dollars a month for it so. <laughs> i was um, saying, i forget who i was saying to i need alex i need alex ortiz if you're listening to start in only fans where it's literally him just clacking fans the entire oh time and it's just like you should like start with one and then like move to two and it's just clacking fans i think that i think that would be funny and then kurt can turn that into a dj mega mix exactly exactly <laughs> they, can, they can have raves in their apartment um well, fun. And then, um, did you finish? Did I did I cut you off? Yeah, but it's fine. <laughs> well, well <laughs> no, we're good. We're good. I, I don't have anything coming up, so um, expect to see Veronica in June. She's coming back. Oh yay! And then, as always, um, I have the podcast coming out every Saturday during quarantine. Um, shout out to Eric Cedarholm for helping us get this posted every single week. The artist formerly known as Dixie Cups. Uh, um, you can hit the subscribe button uh, if you love the podcast. Um, I'm doing my education film series every Tuesday night on Facebook Live. And then um, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race viewing party every Friday night on Facebook Live. And um, stay tuned because uh, Jeremiah and I uh, today are filming another video that will be released shortly. I wrote a song parody and I kind of sing it. So Ki kind of is an operative word. <laughs> well, it's, you'll see. It's funny. I'm excited for it. So thank you all for tuning in. Ivana, you've been lovely as always. Thank you, love. Thanks for having me. Jeremiah, you've been tolerable as always. I get that a lot. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.